We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. Not executing men who disobeyed me. You've also spared men. I wasn't a king, but you were. You've always been. I gave up my crown, Sam. I bent the knee. I'm not king in the north anymore. I'm not talking about the king in the north. I'm talking about the king of the bloody seven kingdoms. <laughs> You're listening to Geek Media Core, your weekly podcast for all things geek pop culture. What's up, geeks? I am Mike, and this is issue number 115 of the Geek Media Core podcast, where this week we are talking about course correction. We're also talking about how two Lord of the Rings movies... Apparently, that's not enough time to tie up a TV show. And Disney, coming from Netflix's title, we're going to talk about it. But we begin by saying hello to the man who takes great offense to dwarf jokes, but loves telling eunuch jokes. What's up, Danny Targaryen? Uh, you know, I, I was trying to think of something witty, but I, I realized we're between Shazam and Avengers Assemble. So there's no, like, punchline right there for me that can just drop in, so... Yeah. Well, since I figured that if you combine mine and your tweets over the past... 48 hours, 70% of them have probably been Game of Thrones related. So I figured that was the way to go. Yeah, no, that, that works. I mean, but winter is gone. It, the, the spring is here now. This is great. Uh, well, right, so we, we're getting into it. Uh, guys, um, we are going to talk later on in the TV section about Game of Thrones. Um, if you don't like Game of Thrones, I'm sorry. You're a very, very small minority. And it's going to be spoilers. So if you haven't watched yet... We'll let you know uh, before we start talking about them. But we begin by lifting. Uh, Danny, I am officially lifting the Star Wars band from this TV show. I'm wearing the shirt. We got a new trailer. We got the, the episode nine title. I'm going to put my hate aside for one episode. <laughs> or as you would say, put my toxic attitude away about Star Wars. And we're going to, I'm going to, here's, here's the thing, guys. Most people know by now. I did not care for The Last Jedi. I do not care for the direction that they're taking the franchise. I've said I can understand that I'm not the target demographic anymore, which I think is really, really sad and a really stupid decision. With that said, I'm going to be objective and try to be positive about this trailer, even though I still have my cautious optimism up here. Uh, where I'm going to talk about it and try not to just be just a negative shit about it the whole time <laughs> because i know danny is very excited about it and let's start off with before we go by the trailer bit by bit here let's start off with the title what did you think of the title uh, the rise of skywalker uh, that title is probably the weakest part of the, the entire thing for me i mean joke i mean we could go with the joke first like the force awakens the last jedi like you were kind of i was kind of hoping that they would finish the sentence there um jokes aside i don't i don't like it because everyone is rushing now to th to guess that the rise of skywalker means that 
either Ray actually is a Skywalker or that there's a Skywalker child out there. And, you know, I just, I don't care for either of those options. There's also the third option that some people have that uh, Kylo Ren will be redeemed and he'll, he'll come back because, because of his mother's death or some nonsense like that. I don't care for that either. Make him a bad guy, run with the bad guy thing. Like none of these options are appealing. So for me, the title is like a miss because I'm not excited about it. Before this happened, I told you, here's what's going to be. This trailer is going to be nothing but pointing at the original trilogy. It's going to use music from the original trilogy. Hell, I didn't think they put something in the, the title that was going to make you think of the original trilogy, but it it was. And I felt like this was very much depending on that nostalgia. We know that J.J. Abrams is the guy that comes in to fix things. You know, He's like the wolf from Pulp Fiction. He's going to come in and try to fix everything. Then it's up to you to tell how you finish it. Unfortunately, the thing is, it's like he's never really been the guy to finish something. So uh, I feel like this is really just called the the retcon of Skywalker because I feel like that's what this movie is going to be, and that's evidence in the trailer when you see Kylo Ren's mask being broken. That's kind of like, oh uh-huh, yeah, we were just kidding about that last one. So uh, that's my opinion on what this is, and, and I think we knew that regardless of whether you love the last movie or hate the last movie you have to know that Disney's not happy with the division in the fan base right now. Cause you don't have that with the MCU, you know? So I, I feel like there was going to be some, okay, not exactly an apology, but let's, let's try to get some of those fans who are angry, you know, back to loving star Wars again. So we got to sell some toys because they didn't sell very many toys, you know, for the last, over the last calendar year. So uh, I think that is definitely a priority here. I there is some course correcting, uh, some some soothing out period. It seems like J.J. Uh, Abrams, and now that he's doing some of the the the, the interviews, he he has said that you know as much as he enjoyed uh, the Force Awakens, he didn't get to play with all the toys in the toy box. So I do think part of his decision making isn't necessarily to correct Episode Eight; it's to some of his own childhood desires of like, cool. Like I never got to do a movie with Luke Skywalker and Luke Mark Hamill is part of the cast list of this movie. He will appear in some way, shape or form. Um, am I stunned that uh, there's a Palpatine in this movie? Absolutely. Like that makes zero sense to me. So I, I mean, looking at the cast list, not even talking about the trailer there, there are parts of me that is cautious because it seems like, there's, it seems like J.J. Abrams is just like dumping all the toys out of the toy box and he is like going town with it. And I'm cautious. I will not be scared because there is still a long way to go until I'm in that movie theater and, and watching the final, final, quote unquote, uh, Skywalker Star Wars movie. Yeah, they did say that this is a, that the, it's not really going on ice, but they're taking a long break after this from Star Wars. And it's the end of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to have like TV shows and stuff on Disney plus that we'll get into later. So it's not like star Wars is like going away. It's just, you know, they're going to, they realize that they're pumping out a star Wars movie every year. Probably wasn't the best plan for them. So that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Hopefully it means they can get some stuff fixed. Uh, Let's talk about the, I I will say this. I do think that star Wars itself i I think and we'll talk about disney plus later i think it it 
it's going to be better as a series because you don't get these two, two and a half hour movies. You're going to get time to explore the universe, which is what all of the fan base, both the new fans and the old fans want. We want to see space. We want to see new races. We, we, we want to see all of these. We want to explore and we want to get away from the Skywalker family. So I think that the future is healthy on Disney+. Plus. Only six ninety nine a month if you buy your annual subscription. <laughs> well, the CW guy might have just turned coat. Um, uh, so talking about the actual trailer here, um, I, basically, I, being a film guy, maybe you, you know what I'm talking about here. Does this make you think of the North by Northwest movie where he's getting traced by the airplane? A little bit. I mean, uh, except he didn't. Have, except he didn't do like a giant flip over it at the end. But you know, that's just no. that's the first thing that came to my mind. No, I don't know if it's supposed to be Jakku or we're back on Tatooine. Or, or if we're going to do the greatest hits tour, then it's probably going to be back on Tatooine. Um, oh, I don't think they said where. Well, I mean, obviously they show the trailer at the end and they didn't really talk about it. I don't think they're going to go back to Jakku. I don't. I, I genuinely don't. I think that, and this is where it kind of gets vague because they kind of danced around the idea of like, is there a time jump? Is there not? If there's a time jump, it's the easiest way to explain away. Uh, Carrie Fisher's uh, General Leia, uh, because that is one of the biggest things that they have to address in the in the entire movie is, you know, Carrie Fisher no longer with us, but she was supposed to play such a prominent role in Episode Nine. It was supposed to be her movie, uh, not Billy D. Williams' movie. So it, that will probably be addressed real early, real fast, and I would assume that there will be a time jump. So I can't even assume that that planet that they're on is the one that they landed on at the end of Episode Eight. It's a good point. It's a good point. They say there is a time jump uh, between Last Jedi and this. <clears throat> they released a picture of him on a forest planet. I was like, sweet, we're going back to Endor. No, God, nothing will make me hate this movie more than going back to Endor. Yeah. Unless we see Kylo Ren destroy all of the Ewoks again. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay, yeah, so she does a flip over lightsaber. I, I'm guessing she's got that. That's Luke's lightsaber. So that's a re, or I guess Anakin's lightsaber. So that's reconstructed. Uh, so yes, they did. time has clearly passed. They did talk about in this movie that that saber, she made a point to say that that saber was not destroyed in episode eight, even though it was destroyed in episode eight. Um, I assume there will be some force mystical answer to it. There, a, there's that shot in the trailer where she has a, a staff and and I think it was episode eight where there was toys released where she has a staff like lightsaber. I'm of the, I'm of the fan base that I'm, I'm hoping that she gets her own lightsaber and it is a staff because as we saw with Darth Maul, staff lightsabers, always cool. Yeah. With force awakens. I mean, we were all convinced that that's what it was going to be. So it, it's almost like they, they, they took the plan. They took everything with force awakens and said, we don't need that. It's weird. It's weird how that happened. It, I will say this. If you're looking to sell toys, Selling a new model of lightsaber is a is a quick way to just ratchet up the bucks. Here's an interesting thing: Mark Hamill was not at Star Wars Celebration. Um, obviously, he has a voiceover in this trailer. Do you think that's just uh, to sway you away from the fact that he's going to be in this movie as a Force ghost? No, I don't think so. Because Adam Driver also wasn't at, at Celebration, and I mean, he is he's the antagonist of this entire saga. So. I think he was doing a movie tour for that Don Quixote or whatever, wasn't he? He might be doing a movie tour. I know that um, you know Mark Hamill is is still getting other work, and he's gonna be Chucky. 
He's going to be tough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do not need to see that at all. <laughs> Oh, I think we will see. We will see him, will. even if I it's mean, short. We'll see it. He'll, he'll even if it's as small as roll as Yoda had in the last one. We'll see him. Yeah, I mean, he. You know, the Jedi don't die; they become Force ghosts. I'm, I'm sure you'll see Mark Hamill. I mean, we already have our Palpatine tease in, in this trailer at the end. So I'm sure we'll see Palpatine. Does that mean that we will see Hayden Christensen? Who knows? Maybe we will. I mean, if it's the end of the, the Skywalker saga, he is a Skywalker. But here's the thing. Maybe we'll see Force Ghost of him and then like 1983 Luke Skywalker CGI'd. Like the first <laughs> Hell yeah, like that at the end and they, and they reinserted yeah. Hayden Christensen there at the end like a, yeah. just a stupid man. I don't know. Anything is possible. If we've, if we've got, I know we're jumping to the end here, but if we've got Palpatine in this, then anything I mean, you've got Palpatine, you have Kylo Ren, and the big Kylo Ren shot is him reconstructing his, his badass mask because he should have never destroyed that in the first place. I would assume that Vader probably in some way, shape, or form also in this movie, which if you have Vader, you must have Anakin. I would love to see it just because, I mean, uh, we don't have we don't have many more opportunities to visit Vader. And Vader is the most iconic villain in cinematic history, period. Uh, you wouldn't hear me complain. I mean, no. I, I love Rogue One more and more every time I watch it, and I know a big part of it is because of that. Uh, I, I will just say this. This is the only trailer I need. And, and it is jarbled and gumbled, and there's a lot of little things. I mean, we see shots of, of Finn, who now has his own costume and clothes. We see Poe Dameron, who... Kind of looks like Indiana Jones. Let's just see. Be- I think he looks like Nathan Drake from the Uncharted games. I know you haven't played bit, those, but he looks just like him. A little bit like Nathan Drake, in but fact, I mean, make, in fact, make that happen. In fact, make that happen. I sign off. I mean, we have anytime you see someone in the khakis in a desert, like, yeah, I'm going to think Indiana Jones. And he is supposed to be the new Harrison Ford because he's a pilot. Like, I'm not going to be mad at it. Indiana um, Jones reboot with, with, with Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Psh, sign me up. Yeah. I'm- I'd be fine with it. I, I prefer yeah. Bradley Cooper, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> I, you see Billy D, of course, as well. Like it's going to be great to see Lando. Uh, there's rumors that one of the new characters plays his daughter, which wouldn't surprise me. Um, the best part of celebration for me was that uh, they asked that question outright, and the actors danced around it. And Billy D, I think, says he's like Lando. Lando gets around. He could have dozens of kids. <laughs> he most likely has dozens of children. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I do like, it looks like they're all back together in this one. You know, they're not separated. So we don't have to have a horrible Canto bite subplot that makes no sense. So we have them all together. I'm the all worst, for that. The worst part of episode eight was that they broke the, the new Trinity apart. Ray, Kyle, Wynn and Finn, they all had their separate plot lines because a lot of what made episode seven work was the way that any two of these characters would play off of each other. Kylo, I mean, not Kylo, Finn and Poe, like, their bromance at the beginning was great. And then Finn switches up with Ray and then Ray comes and meets, you know, Poe. Like these, these were all moments that were exciting and electric. Uh, just maybe no forced phone calls. Yeah, no, no forced texting. And I don't need like a love pentagram as, as I believe. Uh, what's the guy that plays John Boyega? <laughs> I think John Boyega said it's a love pentagram. <laughs> No, John Boyega is a funny, funny guy. Like I, I was really surprised during the, the celebration panel at how quick witted and how sharp he was. And he was just 
he is cracking jokes left and right. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a, a Pentagon. It seems like there is Finn and Rose. Ray is doing her own thing. Poe is doing his own thing. Who knows? How about we don't force a love story in this? That, that's that's an idea, right? I would be that would be that would be great. I would love it. I mean, obviously the love story or whatever you want to call it. Ray and Kylo still have unresolved business. Of Dude, some- Raylo, you're there for it, Raylo. I'm not there for it, but I, I said it during our review when Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver are on screen together when they're sharing scenes together. There is there is chemistry. That's when that's when this trilogy has been at its best. It's the Ray Kylo scenes from Episode Seven. It's the Ray Kylo scenes from Episode Eight. I need to see more of that. And I need to see it resolve itself and resolve itself in the sense of Ray needs to put a lightsaber through Kylo Ren's chest. There is no redemption for Kylo Ren. Yeah, he killed Han Solo, the, arguably the most popular Star Wars character ever, but besides maybe Luke Skywalker. Yeah. They, yeah, there's no coming back for that. I'm sorry. There is no redemption story there. He might, I mean, had he gotten his way, he would have killed Luke Skywalker and he would have killed his He should have killed his mother, except you have new force powers. So, you know, like Kylo Ren, there is no redeeming Kylo Ren. And I, that's the only thing I ask of episode nine is do not redeem Kylo Ren. Do not make him a, a little whiny emo bitch. Give me Kylo Ren out for blood, out for vengeance, out for control, because that's that's where he's at, and at least logically in the story. I'm with you. Hey, um, you want to talk about selling new toys? There's a new droid. D-O. Do. Can we just, like, stop every... Why does every Star Wars movie got to introduce a new droid? Like... And this I don't know. They they talked up that 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 bad guy version of BB-8 in the last one. He was in the movie for like four seconds. So it, they should have stopped with K2SO because he was great, and I'm glad that he will be coming to Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, yeah I love that. You know, we're, we're fans. <laughs> we're fans of Firefly here. So anytime you got Wash and something, we're 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 going to check it out. If Alan Tudyk has needs work, I will support any show that puts him on puts him in the cast. Uh, so. Um, We've got Han and no, sorry. We got Lando and Chewie in the cockpit of Millennium Falcon. I, I said I'm not going to sit here and get suckered in by this stuff, but I wouldn't lie and say I wasn't, didn't have a little grin when I saw that. So Lando finally got his ship back. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> not a scratch. Yeah, he finally, finally, finally. Um, the, the one thing that this trailer and even Celebration didn't have though is you have Lupita Nyong'o as part of your cast. Ma, Maz, Maz, however the fuck you say it, has never really been a big, like she only shows up for like one scene. It always proves to be like an integral scene. It seems like a, it seems like a waste. I'm just, I can't even say it. Like you have Lupita Nyong'o. She's a great actress. Why are you only giving her like? Hmm. Why'd you, why'd you turn her into a frog? I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're going to, if you're going to cast her, use her. She's great. She's fantastic coming off of, you know, hit like a few of the biggest hits out there. So uh, it seems weird not to capitalize and not to bring her, you know, into the fold a little bit more. Hey, and Lando's got a cape. So I'm there. I'm there, son. He's got his closet back too. Uh, so we're back on the, this desert planet and you see, it looks almost like the sail barge assault in return of the Jedi. You got Poe driving some kind of skiff and C-3PO hanging on for dear life. I'm trying to think now that that leaked poster was true. He's going to end up with Chewbacca's podcaster here at some point. I mean, as as Harrison Ford said, it's a great weapon. He <laughs> uses it. So 
uh, it would be great for Poe to upgrade from the little pistol. Well, there's because there's some little like weird tentacle monster alien or whatever that was on the on the poster that I was like, what the hell is that? And he was in this, so I'm like, shit, that tr that poster might have been real. Now I never thought it was real just because of three PO with the, with the bowcaster, but who knows? Crazier things have happened, right? No, uh, it would have to be one hell of a memorable scene for me to, for them to put that on the poster. So surprise me. Uh, let's see. Chaos, lots of chaos. Uh, Leia with the, I think that's Leia's hands, with the metal from the end of New Hope. That's really cool. There was, a, it was surprising how much Leia we got in this trailer. Um, obviously, it's, I, I believe JJ said that there was a lot of stuff that they shot for episode seven that just didn't get used that they used here. Um, it, again, it'll be interesting to see how, how they wrap her up and how they, um what they do with that character just because i know that their their plans had to be altered for this movie and i i don't imagine that there will be any star wars fan uh new or old that that won't uh choke up a little bit when they see her on screen again well that's why i wish they didn't show the scene with her and ray hugging and her crying because i was like that's that seems I, like that could be a huge moment that they feel like they shouldn't have put in a trailer i don't mind it simply because of the fact that you don't have any context to what this is. Is it a dream? Is it real? Is it the end of Leia's character? But you do give the audience enough of like, hey, she's going to be in this movie. You you need to like kind of wrap your head around that and just be prepared that she is going to be some way, shape, or form in this movie. It's kind of like, you know, with you know, Avengers Endgame, you know Stan Lee is in the movie somewhere, and you just gotta kind of prepare yourself, like, cool, we're going to see Stan Lee on screen again. And this one's probably going to be a little bit, a little bit more emotional than what we saw in Captain Marvel. Dude, Stan Lee's cameo in Into the Spider Verse got me, you know, because it was right after he died. It was right so after, yeah. I'm sure that one will probably get me. And this one, for sure. And they have just said that there will be no CGI Leia, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some superimposing of her face on a stand-in actor's kind of thing. You know, they can do that quite easily. So they did that. I mean, they did that for what was the one you said earlier? I don't know. <laughs> uh, they, they can put people's faces. Yeah, they got they got enough of. Uh, well, I mean, that was like full on CGI layer, but you know, they get they've got all these Aaliyah scenes. They can have a stand and actor and superimpose her face on there, and it can still be respectful, I guess, or something like that. But I mean, one, they just they her daughter was the body, and they just like kind of altered her face a little. Uh. Rest of us just random clips, and then you get the what the looking at a piece the of the Death Star, Star. Yeah, the Death Star that is, which makes I me think if this is the second Death Star, then that's going to be, be indoor. indoor. God, why did we have to work that through? Shoot, <laughs> I do not want Ewoks in this movie I because don't. the Ewoks have made like a little home in that piece out there. Yeah, we're going to get like Ewoks and Porgs in this movie, and I'm just going to be like, no, this hey, is there were no Porgs in this trailer, so it's already better than the last one. So. There could be porks. You never know. Oh Jesus! I don't get how you like Ewoks and you don't like. Porks. I don't. I don't like Ewoks. I just yes, don't think. Do. I just don't think that they. No, I don't. They just don't ruin that movie for me like they do for others. That's all. Look, I I'm, feel like there's a, enough. The, the the pros of that movie far outweigh the cons, and I feel like it's gotten overdone about how no, all that movie no. is is Ewoks. It's like there's so much more awesome in that movie. You're telling me the Galactic Empire, the mightiest force in the universe, 
is destroyed by trees and like little three foot teddy bears. No, no, they lost that fight. You have to read uh, the Thrawn trilogy to see how the Empire actually lost. But you know that's still canon to me. It's still real to me. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I don't know what the deal with Sheev uh, Palpatine in this. I don't know if he's actually going to be real, real. If he's going to be a Force ghost. If he's going to be in her head or whatever I mean, this is. But I mean, think about it, think about it this way: We've always seen the Force ghost, but we've never seen the Sith ghost. Like. But you would think that the Sith have the same sure. capabilities as the Force. The only thing is that there's always only there only has to be two. Blah 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 blah. And usually the apprentice kills the master, so why would the why would the master's ghost show up? But I mean, if that second Death Star is there, that is that is where he died, died, quote unquote, died because Ian Mc. I don't even know how to say his. How do you say his Ian name? Mc, Ian McDiarmid. Yeah, he's still he's still alive. Like this is the gene. This is the happiest luck, like happenstance of the entire thing. He is not only still alive; he's still at the right age now to. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. got so lucky with that. That's genius. Genius. Well, let's see how it turns out before we declare it genius or lucky. But I know what you mean. It's. I mean, it is lucky that they they cast him when he was a young actor, and then makeuped him up the the crappy trilogy he he's the right age to play a, a proper uh, you know senator and emperor and now 20 30 years later oh yeah no he can play this guy who might be deformed again and it's kind of it kind of worked out at least in at least in that sense it's worked out that you could have the same actor play him in three separate trilogies that's crazy i look at it like this with the force awakens the bar was set low because of the prequels. So anything that was competent was going to be a good time for me. The last Jedi set the bar even lower for me. So this just has to be like a phase one Marvel movie for me to have a good time with it. So, I mean, this is the, this is the weird, not the weird thing. This is just a way that the things are episode seven. People loved it. And then, you had a small vocal segment afterwards get mad that it was essentially episode four redone. Mm-hmm. Episode eight, they give you something new, and then you have a, a, a vocal segment saying like, oh, this is too different. I don't like this. So I I do not envy J.J. Abrams being in the position of like, cool, I can't be too – I can't be too new because they'll hate it. I can't be too much of an honoring the old movies because they'll hate it where's that happy middle? And that's, that's all JJ Abrams has to do is find the happy middle of like, cool, like here's some new stuff and here's some familiar stuff. And nobody just like shoot the guy who came to, to, to finish the story. No, I think it was Forbes. I'm not sure what, what magazine it was for, but there was something I read where it was a few words short of throwing Ryan Johnson under the bus. So I don't envy him in the fact that, he was in this position and it's like, okay, um, all the plans I had kind of got scrapped. So I got to come up with something out of nowhere. And like I said, he's the guy known for starting this stuff, not finishing it. So yeah, it's one hell of a task. No, yeah, I, I, I will say out of any director, out of any film that I can think of, I, I think this is probably the hardest position to be in out of, uh, out of 30 something years of, of me watching movies because it, you, you, there's like this there and I'm like holding my fingers like barely apart. 
that's like the landing spot for him to like have this be considered like perfect. Everywhere else is like someone's going to be pissed and someone's going to be mad at him. So, you know, hopefully he has done his job and this is at least he is happy with whatever's in the can uh, come December. God willing. Um, hey, you know what my least favorite movie of 2018 was? Tomb Raider. I was going to say Ant Man and the Wasp. Tomb Raider. No, no. <laughs> Tomb Raider. Do you know what movie is getting a sequel? Tomb Raider. Yes. Yeah. Are you really saying yeah? That was that movie was so. I, bad. Didn't, see, I didn't see the original Tomb Raider. Everyone who's followed over the last year knows that I'm now like on board with the Tomb Raider franchise. Like, well, then you're going to hate it even more now. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. God, it was such a missed opportunity because I mean they actually like mostly f- were trying to follow the story from that first that the rebooted Tomb Tomb Raider and they just it just it did not they did not stick the landing at all. I just. I can't believe this is getting a sequel. So uh, I don't know much else to say, except I don't know how the hell this is happening unless it's getting like privately funded or something. I have no idea what they're thinking on this one. Cause I can think of much more successful movies that didn't get a sequel than this. You know why it's getting a sequel? It's a, it's Tomb Raider. It's a no, it's a known property that, that alone will get you, get you ahead of the game. B, no matter what, you think of her performance from the first one, Alicia Vikander, still a name actress. She is still she, the star. The arrow is still pointing up on her. Doesn't hurt that, you know, her husband, also an in-demand actor who possibly could be in this movie. I mean, I just want to throw that into the universe. Uh, if you want to put Michael Fassbender as the villain or antagonist, I'm all for it. Um the other thing is we've seen Wonder Woman, we've seen Captain Marvel, female-led superhero movies make money, and essentially Laura Croft is a superhero for all intents and purposes. So they're going to try it again. I wouldn't be surprised if it's I wouldn't be surprised if it's like soft rebooting, uh, kind of like gloss over what happened in the first one. But yeah, if they want to follow the the, the game, like the second two, make Raider, her full superhero in this one. Second <laughs> two Raider, she's a she's a freaking superhero. I'm all for it. Like, go for it. Let's do it. I'm not optimistic. I to me, I I just couldn't I get past. They completely changed her origin. I couldn't get past that as a, as a lifelong fan of the series. And I don't know. I don't know. I at this I, point, I would rather see Michael Fassbender play Laura Croft than her. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that there is a way that this can succeed. I think they kind of have to gloss over what happened in the first Tomb Raider. Again, I don't know what happened to it. But out of any video game character, out of any video game franchise and series, Tomb Raider is the one to me that should be easy to adapt. It is a woman exploring tombs. It's it's female Indiana Jones for all That's of it. Yeah. This isn't hard. You don't have to like give a lot of origin story. Just like have her kick ass, take some, go to some like really great places, have her unlock some mystery because she is too stubborn and headstrong and she like opens something she shouldn't and run with it. Like it's, it's, it's easy. It's, it's easy. This is, this shouldn't be this hard to get a great movie. Let's talk about something you have seen and that's every James Bond movie ever. So Bond 25, at first it's got its release date moved twice. It's changed directors. And now it's getting another script rewrite, this time from Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I'm not familiar with what she's done before, but I do know the name. Danny, is it time to panic about this movie? 
I mean, I'm not panicking because I know what Phoebe, I am familiar with Phoebe Waller-Bridge's work and I am. What has she done? What would I know? Exciting. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, uh, but she, well, okay. So she has a few things. So I know you saw Goodbye Christopher Robin. Yes. Oh God. Yes. Tears, man. She's she's actually an actress in the movie. She's involved with it. Um, she was in Solo, a Star Wars story. So she's an actor and a writer. She's an actor, writer, creator. She's she's done it all. Which, as we've discussed, triple threat. Yeah. People kind of get it from all angles. They're really good. But she's also the writer and creator of Killing Eve. Um, Killing a smash hit. Um, just started its second season, already approved for a third season. Killing Eve is probably the most fantastic. It's probably the best. The first season, oh, ah. the first season of Killing Eve is the best season of television I have seen since the first season of Mr. Robot. All right. Um, it Did you say it's kind of alias like? It's alias like. Um, it's about spies. It's a bit of a thriller. Um, it's it's about. Uh, an MI5 officer who uh, tracks down an assassin and they become obsessed with each other. And it's actually, it's really sharp. It's really good. Uh, The first season has a lot of surprising moments that I just was like, like just gasping, like literally audible gasp um, while watching. So if they want her to doctor up the script, I'm for it because she's shown that she can write something that is very intense and very focused and very driven. um, And, very much a character study, which is like the kind of thing that I appreciate, especially with a, with the bomb like Daniel Craig's, who is definitely more of the get behind the man as opposed to like, yeah, let's blow some things up. I am panicked. I think this is going to be diamonds are forever redux where the man playing James Bond is just there for a paycheck. I feel like he's got one foot out the door. He's only coming back because they backed up that money truck. And they, I mean, they're already looking ahead to the next James Bond. The last rumor I heard was Cillian Murphy, which I like Cillian Murphy. I see him more as a Bond villain than Bond, but whatever. Um, by the way, I watched Glass, and dude, James McAvoy should be James Bond. Sorry, he should. James McAvoy should. James McAvoy should do like everything. That is probably like the, <laughs> the most well hidden talent in Hollywood for some reason is James McAvoy. I don't know how he's in a lot of movies, but you never hear anybody really talk about him. That dude is incredible, an actor. All right, so we're just gonna get off on of a Bond tangent here. But by the way, but, uh, yeah, but I panicked about this. I, I will say about James McAvoy: if they ever wanted to re- remake the movie Face Off, James McAvoy is the first person you should call and fucking run with it because that would be amazing. That dude is incredible in Glass and Split. Uh, I mean, did you like Glass? I mean, while we're I did. I, I liked it. I liked it fine. As far as M Night twists go, I know you you aren't educated in the school of M Night, probably no. for a good reason. As far as his twist endings go, that one was like coherent. You know, I, I was fine with it, and I, just seeing Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson step back into those roles and actually look like they want to be there, I I loved it. And you know, obviously McAvoy just chewing up every damn scene he was in. Oh, he's so fantastic. Um, as far as Bond 25, it, to me, like, it really depends on the final cast because what makes a good Bond movie is the villain. I know Rami Malek has been announced as in consideration. I want them to finalize that deal. Um, yeah, I want Lupita Nyong'o to, to jump on board because if you have those two people as kind of filling out the cast as Lupita as whether she is a secondary antagonist or Bond girl or whatever you have, whatever 
if she's involved and Rami's involved, I, I'm sold. I don't need to know, I don't need to know another thing. I'm all for that formula, like a, a like a golden eye, where she's both the Bond babe and the, and the uh, villain. So I'm all for that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, Disney Plus rollout. If you guys have already heard, Danny is kind of excited about this. He was texting me nonstop during the uh, presser, which lasted for like 400 hours. Apparently, uh, I was not watching it. I just kept seeing all the new tweets uh, from uh, from from Geek Vibes Nation that I'm writing for now. And they uh, every single minute there was a new tweet with them about a new show that got announced for Disney Plus. And um, without getting too much into the TV, because we'll touch more on it in TV time. I saw Kevin Feige said that the real reason that they that Disney bought Fox was for Disney Plus because this amount of content that they're going to have on this thing is insane. And I was expecting like a fourteen ninety nine a month price point, six dollars, six dollars a month for Disney, Pixar, Fox, Hulu, ES. Actually, they haven't said if Hulu and ESPN that they're going to have a bundle package, which will probably be more than six dollars a month. But still, the amount of content you're going to get on this thing is insane, and that price that's. Wow. I mean, I, we know that Disney don't need the money, so they can probably take a loss the first couple of years, get people addicted to it, and then raise the price, Netflix style. But, man, I just can't believe the amount of content that they've got on this thing. Every Simpsons episode ever? You don't even think about that. They've got the Simpsons now. It's nuts. Um, so, I mean, the first part of that is um, Hulu, The I believe it was yesterday, that AT&T sold its stock at Hulu. Or sold its share of Hulu. It's a ten percent ten percent stake in Hulu. So you you had Disney, Fox, and Comcast own it, and then AT and T had ten percent. Disney now owns Fox, so Disney owns sixty percent to Comcast is thirty percent, uh, and then AT and T is ten percent. Whoever you know is out there. According to this article, AT and T sold it back to Disney and Comcast. So Disney owns two thirds of it. Comcast owns a third of it. Comcast owns NBC. NBC has sat back and they saw CBS do its all access thing. They see Disney with this Disney plus thing. There is no reason for Comcast to be on Hulu. In my opinion, it's only a matter of time before Comcast decides to, to give it up. Disney Disney folds in Hulu and Hulu studios and all those shows that Hulu makes into Disney plus. It will happen one day. Do you know why guys? Because Disney gets what Disney wants. Are we learning this yet? So when that happens, they will raise prices and we'll get to that another day. So what Disney owns is Walt Disney Pictures, obviously. The animation studios, which means every animated movie, the ones in theaters. and So awesome. Can't wait for some of them classics. Mike's favorite part of this, Pixar movies. Every Pixar movie, all the Pixar shorts, all the, the rights to, to produce more Pixar TV series. Marvel Studios, of course. Lucasfilms, of course. Now 20th Century Fox and... National Geographic. Um, it's, so you don't even think about that one, the Nat Geo. That's, that's a weird one, but it <laughs> loves documentary. I can watch. I can watch. I watch a documentary about how balloons got made, and I was like riveted by it. So yeah, I'll be down for that too. So you're gonna have every movie and every short film and every documentary about what that uh, that come out from that umbrella. You have every TV series from the Disney Channel, which '90s kids like myself will love. You have every television show that was produced by ABC Studios in 20th Century Fox, which includes the 30 seasons of The Simpsons. That alone mm. get people in the door. It's the only place that you'll be able to stream The Simpsons. So with all, and you 
can download. That's a cool feature too, that you can download stuff straight to your device. So if you're not, you don't have an internet connection, you just say, save some on your phone, which Netflix already does and Amazon does, but that's a great feature. Parents going on a road trip, it's to be the biggest lifesaver. Like, oh, here's some Pixar movies and here's some Star Wars and here's some, here's some Marvel movies, done. Uh, it goes live in November, $6.99 a month, which is lower than Netflix, lower than Amazon Prime. Combined. <laughs> Combined. <laughs> you, could, you could pay this twice and it not be as much as this because I think Netflix just raised your price. You know, I, I read something that Netflix's stock price stock dropped a little bit after this announcement. That's freaky, man. Well, so within a year of Disney Plus launch, these are the numbers that they, they released. Uh, this is after everything that's going to launch live, which is most of the series that are already in the can. They will add another 500 movies and 2,500 TV episodes to its archives. It, that's there's more content than you will ever be able to watch in your entire life. Uh, they they announced the Marvel TV sheer, the series. They announced the Dis, the new Disney series is that they're going to bring out. I, I I canceled my Netflix. Like I will say that upfront. Oh, all right. Netflix. The, Horrible timing by Netflix. Like a few days after this happened, they sent me the note. They're like, oh, we're going to raise Netflix prices again. And now it, what you pay a month is exactly what you pay for Amazon Prime, uh, except you don't get any of the benefits of Amazon Prime. You just get these Netflix shows. And we're getting rid of the Disney shows. And then here comes Disney with a, a $6.99 a month offering. This was a no-brainer to me. Disney is it, – it's insane. Like – $6.99 if you don't do the annual service. If you do the annual service, it's essentially six bucks a month. Take my money. Take take it, take it, take it now. I said that I was not going to do another streaming service, but I'm like, dude, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff my kids would love on this. Hey, I'll tell you what, it'll put me over the top. Relaunch the Mickey Mouse Club. There you go. <laughs> You'll have all the old episodes. <laughs> Uh, hey, Shazam uh, won out in its second weekend of release going against Hellboy, which was just eviscerated in the reviews, as expected. Um, I don't think I expected it to get like just lambasted as bad as it did. Everybody that I talked to that saw it said it was a good time. It wasn't. It's it's, it's like they say it's about <laughs> you're going to love this. It's about on par with Suicide Squad. You'll have a good time with it, but it's, you know, they said it's not going to win any awards. And I was like. Um, a Suicide Squad did win awards. Just gonna put that out there. Academy Awards. I got that one for you. Sure. Uh, so, um, I know you're not into the character. I like the first two movies, so I'll check it out when it comes to to home video. But it's just another one of those cases where I don't sit here and say that there's some big like agenda that Disney's paying people. I've never said that or whatever. I do still believe that if a superhero movie does not have the Marvel Studios logo at the beginning, that it starts behind the eight ball with most critics. And I think if you don't believe that, well, then you've got your head in the sand. But uh, I think it was like 75% audience liked it and like 9% critics liked it. So again, I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, I just watched, I just said, I just watched Glass and it was just killed by, it was raked over the calls by critics and the audiences liked it. So I seem to find myself siding with the audience more and more with this, but you know, it's a Rotten Tomatoes world and we just live in it. But Shazam, that's the good news here is that Shazam has already made its money back. It's making a profit now. So I know everybody has been trained to believe that if a movie doesn't make a billion dollars, it's a flop. This is far from a flop. They're already talking about greenlighting two sequels for it. So all the yeah. all the actors uh, were signed to five year movie deals, or not five five picture movie deals. I'm sorry. Yeah, I saw that uh, someone's got signed to play Mary Marvel for like five yeah, movies. That's so awesome. That'd be a trilogy plus 
Justice League movie? Question mark? Justice, Justice Society or something like that, yeah. I mean, I mean, it could be Justice Society too. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's two weeks in a row, number one, and it'll probably finish number one this week too. Yeah, so to get that last, we said we hoped it had some. It, obviously, the the positive word of mouth was you know very very cool. I haven't. You're not gonna you're, you're not gonna pick it to go number one for four weeks in a row. No, no. So this is its last <laughs> its last week to make some money, and it, and it will. It did it didn't do that 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 great overseas, but you know with the character, we didn't really expect it to. But the thing is, is this one didn't have to depend on China to to turn a profit for them. So. I'm happy for the actors. Uh, I'm happy that they're bringing the same writer, the same director back for the sequel. That's already been confirmed. So that's awesome because they seem to get the character. So I'm excited to see where they go next and to see how they uh, inevitably, eventually put Black Adam in there. So they're going to do part two and then part three is going to be him and Black Adam. It's going to be great. I mean, the nice thing is it's currently sitting at 260 on the box office. It was only made for about 100. That's including marketing. Um, if we're being generous on the marketing, 260 without any of the merch sales that it's going to do, um, from shirts to toys to, to everything. So, end of the day, this probably ends up 320 in the box office, 320, 350, and then you had all the merch sales. So it's it's a win. It's a big win for for DC. They're popping bottles for sure. Their most well received movie. The sequel's already in development. Um, it'll have it'll be able to say it was number one for three weeks in a row. And then it runs into a little juggernaut. So might have heard of it. And guys, we are talking about Endgame because uh, this weekend we're going to do our Endgame uh, preview special. So we're going to have plenty of time talking. So don't worry about that. No, we're going to talk about it. Apparently, though, there is like some four minutes of leaked footage out there. Dude, don't be dicks. Don't be dicks for people who don't want to know this shit. Put it on Reddit or something like that. But don't be dicks. Don't be tweeting this stuff. And don't retweet it if you see it or else you're an asshole, too. My my favorite theory involving the leaks is that everyone knows that the Russos put out uh, filmed fake footage for Infinity War and they use it as part of the trailers and stuff like that. Uh, someone, some genius said, what if this was just fake footage that the Russos just threw out there to like distract people? Oh, that would be some <laughs> serious viral shit. I'm actually, I actually approve. That would be troll level master right there. Uh, so, I mean, who knows? Like those, Lord what you saw might not be what you, what you see. I, I I haven't muted it yet just because, uh, you know, we're going to be doing a show on it. And I'm probably going to be using that hashtag. But, um, yeah, I I've, I've, I've have a quick, if I see anything that even remotely smells like a spoiler block, block. <laughs> there is no mute. It's straight band hammer on this one. Uh, we had nothing but specials. Uh, and, and, and we missed an episode where so I never got to talk about Pet Cemetery and why it might be like the worst Stephen King adaptation I've ever fucking seen. Oh, no. So I, I do want to talk about it just a little bit. Um, and here's the thing, guys: is I ranted on a text message to Danny for about I don't know three or four paragraphs, and he finally just replies, "So not good." Yeah, that's a way to put it. I, I did say I I bet that this movie would end up being scarier than us. Nope, absolutely not. There is nothing fucking scary in this movie at all. It could have been PG-13. They did not take advantage of their R rating. This is absolute dog shit. And I feel like I got I to gotta say that if you haven't read the book and you haven't seen the 1989 movie, maybe you could have a good time. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I was seriously biting the bill of my cap to not yell out loud during the third act. Have you ever fucking read this book? Because it goes so far off the reservation to be dark that it's like the original story is fucking dark. 
what are you doing? And it tries to be so meta. It has to, it, it almost like at one part, I thought John Lithgow was going to look at the camera and be like, Hey, remember this part of that other movie? That was pretty cool, huh? It's so bad. It's so bad. It changed everything. It missed the entire theme of the story. And they tried to put Zelda in there to make her like this big horror element. And they turned her into like a ghost story. It's goddamn awful, Danny. I can't think of a bigger disappointment. And you would think at this point, I could be used to them making bad Stephen King movies. I just heard good stuff about this one. And I just cannot believe that they missed this opportunity. And everyone is horribly, horribly cast in this, except for John Lithgow. This is like Harry and the Hendersons level where he's the only one that you like are like, hey, he's a good actor. Everyone else, I'm not so sure. Yes, this this is being compared with Harry and the Hendersons, for God's sake. Yes, that's how bad it is for me. I I, I think you're part of the surprise was that this was actually getting a lot of good reviews. Also, like Stephen King had been on a nice like win streak with a, a lot of his adaptations. And I, I when I saw the text come through, I was just like, oh, this must be extremely bad for him to be to hit for him to be going like this and the thing is it's like everybody's like oh you're just saying that because they switched the, the roles of the kids dude i had accepted that before i went in i am not accepted because they changed the entire third act of the story i mean it's the fact where it's like this isn't even what the story was about what are you guys doing it's just it's just screenwriters trying to think that they're super clever and i just god it's disappointing and so uh it chapter two is like my my my, my shining beacon of hope that uh, <laughs> redeemed. I, I mean, I hope it's like, look, it part one was way different, way different than stuff that happened in the book, but it's still, it had the same spirit. So I could get behind it. You know, you're going to do that when you modernize some things, but man, I don't know what the hell they were smoking on this. And I hope these guys never work in Hollywood again <laughs> and stop telling me, Oh, Stephen King liked it. Dude, Stephen King says that he likes fucking everything. Ever since everyone messes with him for saying he didn't like Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, he has said that he likes everything since then, so no one will fuck with him anymore. Don't give me that as a reason why it was a good movie. It was a terrible, terrible movie. I mean, all I'll say is that all the reviews said, quote-unquote, this is the scariest Stephen King movie. It's the scariest movie. And it must be the first scary movie they've ever seen. Because there is nothing scary in this at all. Like my kid would not have been scared at anything in this, and he gets wow. scared when his brother jumps on him. So, yeah, <laughs> us fucking terrifying compared to this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's talk about something positive, bro. That's going to the throne zone. Remember that name, throne zone. Oh, oh, wow, let's throw back. It's been two years. There's like eight billion Game of Thrones podcasts and stuff out there now, so I'm sure Throne Zone's probably actually been used. But you know what? I'm sticking with it because we don't have to pay royalties here. Uh, so, guys, this is going to be full spoiler. If you haven't watched it yet, I don't know how it hasn't been spoiled for you yet. Um, pretty sure it seemed like every. I mean, Danny was like refreshing the app, you know, before the show started, so he wouldn't be spoiled on anything and, and, and excitement. And, and you know, I think I told you this is how. Sometimes I wonder how I, my marriage makes it because we're sitting there on the couch doing nothing, killing time, just waiting for this to start. And then I'm like, okay, cool. It's ready to go. And my wife's like, oh, hang on. I got to go flip the laundry. And then she comes downstairs. She's like, oh, hang on. I want to get a stack. I'm like, are you fucking serious? We've been waiting two years for you to get a fucking stack. Are you serious right now? Uh, but hey, uh, it's time to talk about it. We're going to go full spoiler. Uh, not going to go beat for beat, but we're going to talk about the big moments. Uh, also, uh, apparently, Danny, that this episode was just filler, and uh, there's no way that they'll be able to wrap this story up in six hours. Did you know this? I 
heard once or twice on Twitter that that, that the six hours is not enough time to wrap up everything. Guys, the last two Lord of the Rings movies were six hours. Think about how much happened in that time. They can wrap up. I think uh, Kyle or, or Dustin said it. Dude, they could wrap this up in two hours if they needed to. If you guys are just that thirsty for some death, don't worry. It's coming in episode three, okay? You know, someone did point out, um, I, one of the thousand of recaps that, that I read about the episode is that they, they are worried that this show that once was a, a very political family, like drama intrigue, a, a lot more suspense heavy, might have shifted too much spectacle because all people want are, are zombies and dragons, zombies and dragons. And shock value. They want people and, to, yeah. And you know what? It, to me, I feel like the people that are complaining that episode one did nothing fall, falls into that camp. But I, I do believe that that's a small portion of, of the Game of Thrones audience because I, I do think that there are fans that know what the show is about. It's not about dragons fighting zombies. It's about eventually chaos is a ladder and who ends up on at the top of that ladder. Uh, I think it, ever since the show became super mega popular, I think I want to say around like season five, I think where it just hit like a fever pitch. Every season premiere since then has gotten this reaction. Oh, nothing happened. There, nothing happened. It's called setting up the pieces for the season, guys. You were, you really think that, that they weren't going to do that? You got seven hours of the show left. I think they can spend the first hour reminding you where everybody is, setting up all the pieces. If you ask me, plenty happened in this story. John knows about his parentage now. Sam got fucking wrecked. Bran decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to sit here in the snow for two hours just to be a surprise motherfucker to Jamie. They set up everything in this episode, and... I'm fine with the how to train your dragon stuff was kind of weird, but you know what? It's fine. I can have a, I can have their lighthearted moments for the darkness that's about to come. And I feel like with the, with the John and Danny thing, they were just trying to, to set it up even more about, Oh, look, these two are crazy about each other. And they're about to have their lives fucking wrecked. Yeah. I see uh, to me, like I, I knew every episode, one of every new season of game of Thrones, it's always the same. They take an hour. They, they show you to what the the introduct the intro um, is, they, they show you where all the chess pieces are. Like this is this character, this is where they are, this is essentially what their their goal is for the season. Blah 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 blah. So I expected that. I got that. Like every character's on the board. Every character we know where they are. Every character we we get more or less what their motivation is for the season. Then we get some, like you said, some some really big moments. And if anything, I'm actually. I'm glad that they addressed John's parentage in episode one. I thought that I was worried that they would drag that out to episode two or three, but I'm glad they did it. I, I do feel it was a little rushed if I'm going to like really get nitpicky. Like I, I wish they would have let it breathe a little because it kind of seemed like a big, uh, a big mic drop for uh, Samuel Tarly. And then it's like, Oh yeah, no, like I'm cool with it. Like, Oh yeah, I'm a Targaryen. Cool. Like, yeah. yeah, I think at first it was like it was, he was using the deflect. That pretty much anyone with that kind of information would try to deflect or be angry about it. But I mean, you could see it in his eyes. He knew that shit was true. You know, uh, people were saying like, "Oh, well, how is that going to?" I think Kyle was asking, "How is that going to affect his uh, his relationship, his retro relationship with with Ned or whatever?" Dude, he's going to understand. He couldn't tell him the truth because if Robert found out, he'd have fucking murdered him. You know, so I mean, he. He's he'll a lot to face, Ned, but he'll be fine. He'll get to face Ned head on in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> head on. Uh, I did like the way that the episode begins 
basically paralleling the very first episode of the series. It even does the callback to the same theme when, when Robert is showing up in the first episode of Winterfell, you know, the big army coming on and then you got the best friends in the crypt kind of thing. It really echoed the entire episode. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, no, it was, um, as as a great touch for, for them to, to kind of, there were a lot of mirrors back into what Thrones was. I mean, we ever, almost every interaction it was, Oh, you're not dead. Oh, that's great. And then, like you get a little bit of each character and all the Starks had their like throwback moments. I mean, uh, Sansa had her, her moments with Tyrion and Arya and Jon finally got their big reunion and Arya. So, so great. Arya got her reunion with the Hound, which I didn't expect, but was also great because it was just perfect uh, as far as the Hound's like, yeah, you left me to die. Don't forget I robbed you. It's just Yeah, you know what? And he looks proud. He looks so proud of it. It's so great. <laughs> he looks proud, but no, dude. Uh, there was, only, there was only two things that I hated, hated about this episode. Okay. Um, and they both have to do with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Euron, Euron Greyjoy. Well, I understand that. Uh, the first one is uh, Euron. I don't, I don't even want to say seducing. Like he, He's blatantly throwing himself at Cersei. Cersei... She has a killer line. She's like, if you want a whore, buy a whore. If you want a queen, earn her. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that's an awesome line. And then she just does it anyway? Come yeah, that, that seemed completely left field to me. Because I was just like, okay, what the fuck? Well, you literally just shot him down and like gave every woman in the world like the best counter line ever. Dude, he's going to put a prince in her belly, though. Which is dumb. And then his, <laughs> his crackpot pirate crew gets like taken out by like three dudes. <laughs> Yeah, that was quick. I, I like I said, I I picked a great. I I thought they were gonna do like they did to the Martells, and they were just gonna kind of, kind of take the Greyjoys out in episode one, real quick. Kind of did. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, she's gonna she's just gonna sail back. I, I guess Theon's coming back, but Yara's gonna go back to the Iron Islands and just so wait. The, yeah. So the nice part is Theon gets to go back, which he'll have his reunion with all the Starks, that which will be great. And he'll probably get to fight at the Battle of Winterfell, Winterfell and have some like great heroic moment because he's really still missing like the like that big redemption like cheery moment like he really needs it uh, before he dies because he's going to die. Uh, there's no way he doesn't not die. Uh, Yara gets to go back to the Iron Islands, which is probably where they retreat if the winter the if the Night King beats the hell out of them. Yes, yeah. Um, the fact that they set that up makes me think that's what's going to happen. We're going to yeah. end up at the Iron Islands eventually. Yeah. So the nice thing is Yara is now parked until like episode four. So that that's perfect. Um, and or she's just gone for the rest of the series. She just they, her, she just did like the yeah. children did to the little kid. He went up the stairs and came back down. Yeah. And then who knows what? I'm su- I'm surprised Euron isn't dead. Like I, I there was a part of me that thought like uh, Cersei would stab him. Yeah. She fucked him, but I guess not. Uh, I thought she was going to do like. Um, Oh god! Black Widow style, just uh, Claire on, on House of Cards there, where she screwed a guy and then she cut his neck. I thought it was going to be something really just fucked up, Game of Thronesy like that, you know. So I thought she'd be like, "Okay, cool, I got my action. <laughs> Don't need you anymore." But she probably just had the the mountain crush his head or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know where they're going with that. Like I said, that you're you're on in the book is Captain Flint from Black Sails. You're on on the show is Horny Jack Sparrow, and it makes no sense to me that they don't get that character. Also, just kill him, just kill him. Uh, as, as as a elitist book reader, I will say the reunion I've been waiting for forever is Arya and John. And so, yeah, the allergies might have been getting a little a little tight at that moment. I thought it was really well done and really well earned. And 
it felt like, uh, hey, cool. I, this is like the one thing I knew we were going to get. Now I don't know what's going to happen. So bring it on. Uh, I, I, knew, I know what's going to happen because they, they, they seeded it perfectly. John says, oh, have you used Needle at all? And, and Arya with like the biggest eating grin. Oh, once or twice. Yeah. When he sees her in action, and he'll see her in action a lot sooner rather than later. Don't flip. His reaction is going to be the most gifable thing on the show, and I, I cannot wait for it because it's he's going to flip. Uh, hey, your girl Lady Mormont has more killer lines. She's fan. They write her so they write her better than they write. Half- she has the best scowl I've ever seen, man. Just the way she can just burn. She's like you hear about uh, well, that woman can burn a hole through you with her eyes. Yeah, it's yeah. true with her. It's it's got a hell of a scowl. And I heard that like they really they really had wrote, wrote like a very small part for her, but like the fan reaction to it made them bring her back. Yeah, because she's fantastic. Like she's just perfect. And, and the the worst part of that whole scene, as much as I love her her lines and they are great, the entire north, the stupidity of the north, where it's just like cool, like there are like there are zombies coming. Like we need we need people to fight the zombies or we're going to die. But you're not the king, so what does it matter? Like that, that, that whole thing is just nonsense. To me. That's just showing that they, the Starks are proud as shit, man. They can't, they can't forget about lands and titles. It's, it's, it's just one of those things that they're going to have to, you know, it's going to change that shit real quick when they got the, they got the Night King's army at their wall. Then they're going to be like, oh well, I guess that shit don't really matter right now. Hey, we got the dragons. Yeah, awesome, sweet. You know, those dragons aren't going to do anything when the dead rise from within. So. All right. All right, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, Tyrion and Sansa have their little uh, reunion. First time they've seen each other since uh, since Joffrey died, and it's a nice little banter between the two of them. Um, I've heard that there's people like shipping them. I tweet. I sent you that tweet, and that's disgusting, guys. Stop it. Uh, there are people shipping. Uh, is that still a word? Right, shipping. It's something that I yeah. learned from your CW crowd. Uh, apparently, Gendry and Arya have a real big shipping portion of the fandom. So I've always been like, no, but after I saw it, I was like, I, I'd live with it. I'd be fine with it. I don't approve of it, but it was nice to see Arya Stark smile and laugh and like not just essentially be a faceless man. So like for that alone, I'll be okay with it. Also, she has what the, the show designers call a showstopper of a weapon coming. So I can't wait to see that in action down the road because I figure out what that weapon is because she's already got a Valyrian dagger. She's got needle. So, I thought it was just going to be like enhanced needle for me, but apparently it's some new weapon. So based on screenshots from the trailer a few weeks ago, plus a screenshot of the drawing, um, plus comments from the person who actually made the weapon, it's a little bit of a staff and she has shown proficiency with like staff, like weapons, um, throughout the seasons, her training and in, in Bravos, notably she has a staff that she uses. So it's a, it's a staff with a spear of spearhead of uh, dragon glass. Uh, and then the Valerian steel dagger should be able to slot into it. Um, so she'll have a dual edged staff for all intents and purposes, but those, those heads can detach and she can use them for close range ma- uh, fighting. So, Apparently, it's a really badass weapon. They say it's the show's best weapon. Mario um, is going to be Darth Maul in this fight. Yeah. So, if any if it's if it's any uh, two things, the, the interview said part of the weapon uh, why they gave it to her is because I guess her fight with uh, Brienne of Tarth last se- in the last season 
was so well received that they wanted to give her something that would lend herself to more choreography. So a staff will do that. And then the second part of that is uh, if it's half as cool as Buffy's like axe steak, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Yes, yes, yes. See, see, guys, Danny knows what will get a reaction out of me. Uh, hey, you know who the biggest cock blocker in King's Landing is? Kyburn. Kyburn is the biggest cock blocker in King's Landing. Uh, but, you know. Hey, Braun. Braun. There's been so much promise to Braun throughout this entire series, and he like he never he never gets to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't got his damn castle. And I love that he brought it up. Uh, no castle. Uh, so apparently, I guess we're going to find out. Does he really? He since he's a mercenary, you know, he's all about the coin. But you know, he's been around Jamie and Tyrion for much of the show. So I guess we're going to find out. Uh, is it all about the money, or does he actually have some allegiance to them? Because. Uh, they give him a nice shiny crossbow, and like I think one of you in the text thread pointed out to me, uh, guys, because we talked in our text thread off off of Twitter because we're elitist and we don't need you peasants' comments on our Game of Thrones talk. Uh, uh, but basically, we all pointed out that yeah, we, we all know how Cersei's going to die. What weapon Cersei's going to die by now, right? So the nice thing about prophecies that, and this is a, a sci-fi trope that's always great, is that they turn out to be self-fulfilling. Like, if you had just left well enough alone, they don't come true. But Cersei, because she is vindictive and can't let it go, even though her brother is so hopeful that she's going to send her army up north. (laughs) Yeah, right. She sends out an assassin with a crossbow, the crossbow that her brother used to murder their father so she could have some poetic justice. And the nice Chekhov's gun here is that if you show something it has to come into play later. And uh, I can see Braun losing the crossbow at some point saying, fuck it, fuck this weird shit. And Tyrion using the crossbow and, and offing his sister. Like that's poetic justice right there. Boy, did he sum up the Lannisters perfectly by saying that fucking family or what? <laughs> <laughs> In more ways than one. Hey, uh, the, the, the how to train your dragon scene uh, for or against. I am against because and I love both actors, Amelia Clark and, and Kit Harrington. They just don't have chemistry. Like they just, I, to me, I don't. To me, I see brother sister. Like I don't see lovers. I don't see two people that are like falling for each other. That I agree with. To me, it's to me it's a big logic jump because everything that Danny does, which, uh, man. Sir Jorah really fucked up. Oh, oh, we'll get to that in, in just one second. But on this scene first, I did want to say that uh, John riding the dragon, I thought that was awesome. I just felt what like... Is, did you, did you, see, the, did you see the making of scene? Did you see the making of scene? Mm-hmm. So Kit Harrington's like essentially on a, a bucking bronco like in front of a green screen. <laughs> he's just, he's talking about this experience and he's like, it was miserable, like I bucked once and like my balls got twisted and I'm like, ba- I'm basically hanging on by a twisted ball to this thing. And he's like, this is how it ends for me. Isn't it? Like the, my balls just like pop off. <laughs> uh, okay. About the scene that you, that you brought up. Um, did Jorah not know that Samuel was a Tarly? Because I'm like, Jorah, how the fuck did you not think of this to tell Daenerys this? Cause Holy shit, talk about an awkward moment. I mean, Jesus, oh, yeah, uh, at least my brother's still alive. Yeah, he didn't bend the knee either. It's like, wow, what a position for everybody involved there. And George was kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have told her, oh, yeah, by the way, you cooked his dad and brother. 
Oh my God. I was wondering how that was going to come back in the play. I didn't even really think about it until right at that moment. Because so. Jorah dropped the ball and he didn't like, and Jorah is house Mormont. So he is familiar with the houses in Westeros. He knows who the Tarly family is, how he didn't do set this up beyond me. Uh, I think when, when Sam like cured his grayscale, did he not, did he not say, Oh, by the way, your what's your last name? He didn't know. I mean, I doubt it. He that's, 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 that's paper thin excuse at most. The, the, the nice thing is uh, I read an interview with the Samuel Tarley actor and he's like, and he, he gave a lot of praise to Amelia Clark. Cause he's like, originally the way I wanted to play that scene is I wanted to start sobbing like in the scene. Um, and he's like, but the way that Amelia plays Danny He's like I couldn't. Like, he's like I couldn't bring myself to stop. He's like I, I every time I started, like I had to stifle it because of the way she plays the character. And I thought it made for a, a no. It was wonderful acting. Wonderful. It's more. It's more subtle that way because then you start to see Sam's gears turn. Of like, can she be trusted? Can't like, should she be the queen? Uh, by the way, bad decision on Sam's part because any any king or queen would do just that. I mean, even John says I don't know if I would have. Yeah, I, I I wasn't the king. Yeah, no, if, if I were if I were in Danny's position, I would have done the same damn thing because that's what kings and queens do. Is like, cool, you fought me, you lost. You don't want to pledge your fealty to me. Cool, you're gone. I'm like, dude, Iron Fist ruler over here. Listen to you. Um, I I felt like it was okay. Sam's been like he's had his confidence going for three straight years now, and now I felt like that, was, that was season two, Sam. That, that he goes right back to Craven Sam right after this. And I was like, wow, that's 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 crazy. So you know, he's he's all he's all damaged. And what's going to get you more damaged by talking to the most damaged person on the show, Bran Stark, who <laughs> is like, dude, did you really just send him down there to do your dirty work? Oh, come on, man, you could have rolled your ass down. I was no, sorry, you had to sit there and wait in the snow for two days just so you could, you know, punk Jamie when he got there. <laughs> the memes that have that have arisen from. <laughs> The mu- the one that was like that, the music I didn't know I needed, and it's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, <laughs> perfect. Uh, first of all, like everyone did the, the everyone was doing like flash. I, I will say this that the actor I can't remember his name for the life of me, but the actor who plays Jamie somehow has gotten better looking with each passing season because he looked like a douche in season one. Uh, so all the photo throwbacks that I've seen of Jamie. Uh, being caught in the moment by Brian Brand Star, great, uh, great reminder that uh, sometimes you do age well. And the second one is just like, oh my god, I can't wait. the The funny thing is that Brand Stark is going to give no fucks about this at all, and everyone else is going to make a big deal about Jamie Lannister. That's the biggest thing about this. Well, Brand's pretty much gone, right? So he's beyond such. He's beyond such things as legs. Oh, well, apparently not, because that was petty as fuck, man. <laughs> I gotta sit here and wait for an old friend. <laughs> but I mean, it, like that's the thing, though. Is it petty? He all brand serves now, as far as his role is. He's he pushes people to do to talk to certain people. Mm. He's only there to make sure that the right person gets to the right spot at the right time. Right. So that, that's what we finally get. Where Sam goes and tells John the truth, and uh, I think the fact that he was so angry <laughs> here has made this so much easier for him to do. So that's why Brand sent him there. He knows. It, it will not, and I will say this will probably be the breaking point of Danny and John's. It won't be the parentage of of John. It'll be the fact that Danny will find out that Sam tried to throw her under the bus. She will get vengeful, and that's when John. It's like no, 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 slow down. Yes, mm. it's, 
I, I don't, I, I genuinely think that, again, Jon Snow does not want any sort of power. He doesn't want to be a leader. He, he wants none of this. But it's going to be that moment when she goes back and she starts to go after Sam that that's going to turn their relationship. Uh, this for like almost it was almost felt like a stinger, but uh, you get up there at the at at the wall and you see the, the stay back. He's got blue eyes. I've always had blue eyes. These were these were these were these were decent jokes. You know, I, I <laughs> but uh, it went real horror show with uh with 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 young Lord Umber. That was pretty creepy and. So many people are making such a big deal about that sigil that's on the wall about how it looks like the Targaryen spiral. So he must be a Targaryen. I'm like, eh, calm down. No, he's not I, a Targaryen. That's dumb. I, I, I mean, that's brand anyway, right? What? We all know he's brand now anyway, right? I mean, he. Everyone in the and their mother now is convinced that he is brand. So like, it has to be that he is brand. And thanks, Kyle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think the spiral. I don't think the spiral is. I think people are trying too hard to look way at too it. hard. And you don't think that um, they know that? You don't think that they know that? And they're not, they're throwing people off on purpose? Yeah. No, no. He is Brand the Builder. Like that. Kyle's theory is going to be right, and he will never. It's, it's airtight. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, you know, that's kind of a long recap. But you know, it's not. It's not airtight. I, I'll just get back to it. It's not airtight, but. Just because you lay clues down, whether you're looking at the books or the TV shows, doesn't mean it's bad. It, it means that if you're smart and observant and you watch things 100,000 times, like you'll pick up on it. Or you can choose to watch it once and be surprised. Like, I, I want to get ahead of that train now because if that's where it goes, I can see people be like, oh, yeah, I predicted that. Oh, so lame. That's just that's story writing. It's story. Said, man, I'm here. I'm just here for the ride now. I'm not doing. That's why that. I don't. That's why I don't like M. Night Shyamalan because a lot of his stuff is like real left field shit. Oh, that that's fair. That's fair. It's like, dude, just make a regular movie with a regular ending. <laughs> Fine. Just you use have- one twist, not three twists. <laughs> yeah. So everybody that has to break down every scene and try to get it on record so they can go back to it and say, "Look, oh. I was right." It's like wanting to. Believing so much that you're right and failing just the same, you know, it's like that's yeah. an, that's another topic for another day. But the the scene by the frame by frame breakdowns has really done a number on movies and TV. It really yeah. yeah, it really has. Um, okay, so some other things here. We're going to talk about some more Disney Plus stuff. Uh, the spoilers Man- over. Spoilers over. Yeah, spoilers over. Uh, the Mandalorian is going to debut with Disney Plus, but it's not going to be where you can binge the whole thing. It's just going to be the first episode. So I think that's a big answer to some question we have. Were they going to do the Netflix model or were they going to do their own where they just do weekly episodes? Uh, at least this first episode is just going to be just that one. So uh, John Favreau's doing it, Mandalorian. I'm lukewarm on Star Wars at the moment, but if it's good, it won't take very much to get me all in on this because. Uh, What's better than a Boba Fett movie? A, a movie not about Boba Fett and just about the Mandalorians. I, I think it's a it's a great move to get. Again, they will have a number of series that will be day one releases. I'm sure they'll have a, a Marvel series, a Star Wars series, um, and probably a Pixar series because that's the the best way to cast a wide net and bring people in. I don't think that they'll do the weekly releases. I think that they'll do it at first because they don't want people to buy it for a day and then get off of it and buy it for a yeah, trial period run throughs. Yeah. 
it's a nice thing to just kind of like spread it out, make sure people sign up. Um, I'm excited for John Favreau, great director. I love a lot of what he's done, both Marvel and non-Marvel. Uh, Mandalorians are great. And again, like I said earlier, Star Wars lends itself to be great television because the audience has for what, almost 40 years now, the audience wants to expand the universe. The audience wants to dig in to different worlds and races and cultures and all these things that have been like hinted at. And this will be the best part of Disney plus is these star Wars TV shows. Cause I, I mean, you're wearing an OG shirt with the OG logo. Like I'm sure that you've been dying, dying to like really crack open the layers and make some of that expanded universe canon and like really peel back a lot of the, the things that you've only dreamt of. Sure. And this has Carl Weathers in it. So I'm already on board with that. And <laughs> Taika Watiti, that's a Thor Ragnarok director. Apparently he voices a character on this. So that'll be interesting to do. I mean, what, I mean, he plays in the Marvel family. Who's to say that Taika Waititi doesn't get his own Star Wars series one day? After Ragnarok. Or, or, or really to just put this out there, maybe he gets his own like Guardian Star Wars like Christmas special. I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about Jorah earlier, uh, Jorah Mormont, uh, Ian Glenn. Is that how you say his name? Ian Glenn? Ian Glenn, yeah. Uh, he's going to play Bruce Wayne on the Titan series on DC Universe. Uh, I have not watched a show. I've heard really good things about it. People who watch it like it a lot. Uh, Friend of the pod, Lisa loves it. Yeah, loves it. People I know, like everybody at Geek Vibes loves it. They're trying to convince me to watch it. They say that Doom, Doom Patrol is a better show. But Titans has like way more viewers and hey, Jorah getting work. I was like, hey, I already like this better than Gotham. I haven't even watched it. <laughs> I I have heard that Doom Patrol is essentially Legends of Tomorrow with a budget, which <laughs> I've gone on record saying Legends of Tomorrow is the best show on the CW by far. Uh, so I will probably eventually break down and get DC and, and catch up on this. But I'm looking at a picture of a clean shaven Sir Jorah and uh, he's got the jaw for it. He's definitely got the jaw for it. Uh, he's got the physical presence to be Bruce Wayne. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear him talk with an American accent for once, because I don't think I've ever heard that. But yeah, great actor. Great for him to pick up work. And uh, what better work than to be the goddamn Batman? All right. Um, YouTube TV. They are raising. This is crazy. They're raising their price to $50 a month. What is the fucking point with you guys? of trying to say, hey, look, we're a better alternative to cable, and now you're paying cable prices. So I do have a YouTube TV, and I got it at the beginning, so $35 a month. So not happy to see this. Um, the fact that prices are raised on my birthday is like, happy birthday, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Give me some of that birthday money. <laughs> <laughs> End of the day, it's only 15 bucks. Only 15 bucks. Um but the reason they're doing this is because now they've added Discovery, HGTV, Food Network, TLC, Investigation, Discovery, Animal Planet, Travel Channel, Motor Trend. Um, all channels I don't watch. So I'm paying, How many of those are you going to watch, buddy? I'm paying 15 bucks a month for eight channels. Not happy about it. I wish that, and I get it, to carry a TV network, you have to pay for coverage rights, et cetera, et cetera. I know that there are people that have YouTube TV or people looking into YouTube TV that are happy that they got those channels. Um, I'm kind of okay with the Food Network and HGTV. Like, I'm kind of okay with it. But end of the day, I just want to be able to pick the channels that I want to watch and pay for those. 
and I want to do it in a way that I don't have to sign up for ESPN and sign up for Fox and sign up for CBS All Access. So one day there will be a service that gives me what I want. It lets you pick a la carte. Yeah, that's the way it should be, pay by channel. Until then, 50 bucks a month, not the worst thing in the world. I mean, I was paying 150 for Comcast and 130 for DirecTV. And so we're still under the bar there. So that's fine. I still get my unlimited storage and DVR. I still get, uh, I can still you know, set up six different devices with my YouTube TV. So it's fine. I'm okay. I'm paying $0 a month for cable. It's great. Uh, I watch, see, I watch a lot of it though, so that's why, and I don't have Netflix anymore, so that's why I'm willing to pay it. Uh, well, you know, there's going to be all types of different streaming services. You know, Apple TV announced their deal, and um, this one got my attention clearly. Uh, a lesser known Stephen King story, Lysy's story. It, I would say lesser known because it's one of his 2000 Ots books um, when he was kind of going through his like discovery phase. At first, I was like, oh, I don't know, I, that could be fine, I guess. But they've already pegged Julianne Moore, Academy Award winner, hot redhead, to uh, to, uh, to to play the lead. It's being done by J.J. Abrams, who is a big King fan. And all eight episodes will be written by Stephen King. So he has said many times that this is his favorite personal book. So I, I feel like it's okay. Well, at least I ain't got to worry about a pet cemetery where it ain't going to be faithful. That's going to be very, very faithful. Uh, so we got that. We got The Stand coming. We've got The Outsider with Ben Mendelsohn uh, coming. Uh, we got... Sleeping Beauty is, is one coming out on AMC. So did you, there's going to be enough King stuff that I feel like, okay, one of these is going to hit where I'm going to be really happy. Right. So uh, it just, it just shows that, that Apple TV is knows they've got to get the heavy hitters to, to try to compete with this. What's getting to be a very crowded field. And uh, uh, I won't be doing this, but I'll be checking it out later. Probably. I, I'm not picking up Apple TV. No, no. It's just too much, guys. Like I said, we're paying. We're gonna be paying more than we pay for cable for this. But I did want to talk about AMC more AMC stuff because uh, they've got Sleeping Beauties. Like I said that, that's actually written by Owen King, and it has Stephen yeah. King's name on it to sell books. Uh, but uh, AMC is uh, they, they gave one final season to Into the Badlands and Preacher. Preacher I already gave up on, but Into the Badlands is awesome. I hate that that's going away. But you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna give us a third Walking Dead series. It's going to become a Walking Dead channel because you're, you're killing all your original programming and you're just bringing us more Walking Dead. It's not, I mean, people still watch apparently because they're, why would you bring a third series to life if you didn't have two other series? It's still, it's still like the highest non-premium rated show on cable. It's, it yeah. really is. It, it, even though the, the viewers have like flocked away the last few years, we don't watch anymore. And yeah. it, but yeah, it still does huge numbers. It's, it's really puzzling to me because at one point AMC was untouchable. They they were neck and neck with HBO, and they just it did. I don't want to say like they've fallen on bad times because clearly they're still making money in spite of themselves. I mean they're they're still putting out Walking Dead series and they're making Walking Dead movies and God knows how long this franchise will actually last and go on. Um, but like they used to produce some of the best stuff on TV that must like, can't miss stuff. Yeah. To see them just like, oh yeah, we're gonna turn into CBS. Like what CBS did with NCIS, just wait. You just wait for Walking Dead Mexico. You just wait. Oh God. And you know, the 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 one great show that I feel like they have left is Better Call Saul. 
and apparently it's final it's final i believe it's the final season isn't going to premiere until 2020 so yeah that 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 network's a mess right now i don't even get it because i felt like they took a chance on something like preacher which i feel like the fault of that were just that i couldn't get past how much they changed from the story Uh, i don't know where it's at now but the fact that two original shows like preacher and in the badlands are now getting yeah, we got we can't we can't afford these shows because we've got to make more Walking Dead, and and I get it if they get huge ratings, that's what they're gonna do. But I just, I just they've just fell off so far. Well, here's the thing with Preacher. To me, and I I saw one person on my timeline complain about Preacher being canceled, and I you look at the source material, it's roughly going to be about the same the same amount of episodes to issues. So like I, I'm sure that that was planned. We all we said it when we were reviewing this weekly. Ruth Nega's a goddamn star. I'm sure that it was only a matter of time before she decided, like, hey, cool, like, I want to go do these movies now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you lose a Ruth Nega, like, that, that's a big part of your, I mean, that's one-third of your main actors. So I get it. I, I, that one makes sense to me. I've never seen or heard of Into the Badlands, which is probably AMC's fault for not marketing the damn show, uh, if it's as good, half as good as what you say it is, uh, because they're too busy making another Walking Dead series. Get it, guys. Zombies take over. Yeah, yeah. That story. Uh, they. I genuinely don't know how they keep telling this story. Like, I, I really don't. Well, hey, I look at it this way. Since Better Call Saul doesn't come back until twenty twenty, maybe by then you'll actually have watched the most recent season. Yeah, it gives me more time to catch up. All right. Uh, a last one. We like to close with something on video games, and I know it's probably a series you haven't played, but Borderlands Three got announced. Uh, got a release date September thirteenth of this year. Uh, it's a game me and my wife love playing. It's one of the last couch co-op games out there it feels like uh so uh, we would definitely be playing this uh, it's something that a lot of fans have been waiting for for a while i know our buddy kyle was not excited about it because he felt like it wasn't updated enough uh to make it feel more like the the current gen for me borderlands 3 borderlands period is just never a series that i played because you know the graphics were amazing it's you know all hand painted cell shaded looking it's just a fun shooter loot game it doesn't require me to play online with someone I don't know. So uh, I, as long as it was like that, I was like, I was going to get it. If they went full on like Destiny with it, I was going to be out. But fans are really excited. I mean, they've been waiting for this game for like eight years. So uh, it, it's really cool. Uh, but Danny, they announced the PlayStation 5. You excited? Forever. I know you don't have anything to add on Borderlands because you have. <laughs> they did it now. This is, this is huge because... Everyone knew that the Xbox One, Two, which is what I'm going to call it, <laughs> Five, um, which has which is not its name by any way, shape, or form. Uh, they everyone knew they were coming. Uh, they were waiting to see who blinked first, and PlayStation gave a little bit first. Imagine that we'll see a little bit more in, in the coming months, but uh, they beat that they can officially say they kicked off the ninth generation of video game consoles uh, with this announcement. So, Oh, I, I mean, is it the ninth? No. Yeah, it is because the, the switch counts as the eighth. So see, I don't even know. I just know so, that it did feel like, okay, Microsoft, you're pretty much getting unchallenged this year. This needs to be your moment. You guys need to really knock it out of the park. And Kyle pointed out, they're still having their show on like Sunday at like 3 PM, which is just a terrible slot with them. Since Sony isn't going to be having a show, that Monday night, which was always their biggest night, should have been where they grabbed. And no. I mean, for the PlayStation 4, I mean, granted, the 5 is not coming out this year. 
maybe not next year, maybe fall next year, maybe. So seven years between PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. My biggest hope was Sony because I, I do like video games and I want video games to be a, a healthy industry and I don't want to see consoles uh, die. So I was very happy that PlayStation 5 will be a physical console with disc because that shit matters to me. Um, I just hope they don't do a thousand dollar price point again. Like that, that's what killed the PlayStation 4 in my opinion at the beginning is that the price point was so high and it was so inaccessible for people. Bring it, keep it 250 to 500, folks. Keep it 250 to 500. Years, man. Take the Blu ray player out, take all that stuff out. Just give me a damn video game console and get it at a reasonable price. I don't want it to be an entertainment center, I just want a game console. That's what well, I mean. I, see. I mean, we talk about game sales lagging and studios not happy with the sales and doing the micro purchases. And we talk, we talk about all that because there's not. There's not enough systems for the first half of the generation because there's price so high and they just price people out. And then games, every generation at tack on another $10. Now they're 60 bucks. Like if these games are 70, 80 bucks, like who the, no one fucking wants to pay that much for a game. I don't want to pay that much for a game. Like 40 games should be 25 to $40. Systems 250 to 500. If you do that, you can sustain this and keep it going. I'm sure Kyle's like, no, but the technology, like. Yeah, lowest price, though, is going to be 600 bucks for these consoles. And I guarantee games go up to 74.99 now. I, I would just hope that as a collective, they all realize. And shout out to, you know, our boy Reggie, final day at Nintendo yesterday. Yeah. Um, that they all realize for the good of gaming future, can't keep price. You can't keep increasing the prices. Like you're going to destroy an industry. Um, slow death, but like you'll get there because soon before you know it, there'll be a hundred bucks for a game. And everyone's gonna be like, no, I can just download this phone game for free. Right. Oh man. It's just, yeah. That's like I said, that's why I went PC. I was like, why am I paying this much for these game consoles when the best feature of them are, Oh, we can stream Netflix. I mean, for real. I mean, I, I I want to play the game. I it's like like I get so mad sometimes when the internet's being screwed and it won't let me play a game. Like really, I have to be connected to the internet to play this game. <laughs> Come on, why do I have to? Why do I have to buy have the disc, then have it downloaded the system, but yet I still have to have the disc in there? It's like I just don't get this whole current gaming generation like at all. It's just it's it's taking all the fun out of gaming. I, I don't know. It's just, it is way, way, way stupid expensive. Yeah, I hate it. I hate how expensive it's got. I mean, that, that's a problem for them to figure out, though. Like, the, I would hope that they look at the Switch, which is very affordable. affordable. Yeah. And the, the Switch is, again, Nintendo, maybe it's because by comparison, it doesn't look bad, but Nintendo just making money left and right. And they don't have, they don't cost a lot to make and they can ship. 30 something million units as they have 30, 40 million units. And yeah. And they can keep this going for another few years and then they can just release something else. I mean, I can tell you what's going to happen already. Xbox is going to come the next Xbox one, two is going to come out and they're going to announce their price point, And Sony is going to announce their system next year for a hundred bucks cheaper. And they're going to own them just because they, it's the same thing that they did with the last one. They had their show the day after the Xbox one was announced. They announced their system was $100 cheaper and Xbox never recovered from that. 
Well, I mean, this is a great blink. Like, this is a great stare down. Like, who's going to blink first? So, PlayStation, Sony's already said PlayStation Five is coming. Does Xbox panic and rush up any announcement of the Xbox Two, or do they wait, wait, wait? If I were them, I would just wait and say, like, cool. wait, it's two months away. Yeah, like wait, and I'll be like, cool. Like, you guys here, have your moment. We'll come back, and then we'll do everything that you did, except we'll just like be better, and we'll knock off like hundred bucks. All right, guys. So next up is going to be our Avengers Endgame uh, preview episode. This is a movie that's so big. we got to do a preview just like we did with our Game of Thrones episode. Since we're not really sure when that's going to be because we originally had planned to do it early and then realized it was on Easter. And wife probably wouldn't be too thrilled if I did this on Easter. Uh, so we're really up in the air when we're going to do that or if we're going to be able to have anybody on with us. But um Danny, we're like just over a week away, man. I mean, 22 movies. It's it's all been leading to this truly in the end game. Kevin Feige has an emoji on Twitter, you guys. Kevin Feige. He's not even a superhero, and he has an emoji on Twitter. That's how big this is. This is insane. I can't. Why I'm glad this is finally coming is so I will have to stop hearing about Ant-Man going in Thanos' ass thing. <laughs> Media publications covering that now. That just tells you how far we've gotten. It's just like, wow. What they call it, Thanos? Jesus Christ. Oh, it feels so jumping the shark. It really does. <laughs> oh, that was worth it just to have you bring it up. I mean, this is... I mean, we'll have our, our, our preview episode, our... our, our essentially our Marvel walk down memory lane of all 21 movies. They released a trailer today where they, they basically had footage from all 21 movies. And I am so pumped for this movie. I cannot wait. This I can't remember the last time I was in viewing number one of a movie at a movie theater. This is going to be great. I, I, I'm beyond words right now. I only hope that this doesn't disappoint me. Uh, yeah. So I hope I don't get less Jedi. <laughs> that was the last time I was that hyped for a movie. Was last Kevin year. Feige has an emoji, people. Kevin Feige, hashtag Kevin Feige, the little dude with the hey, So what? So does Wong. They're just giving those things away now. Meek and Korg have one, which is great because I mean, we yeah, both the Infinity Gauntlet has one. The Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, Hawkeye has two because he's special. Oh, jeez. Um, that's yeah. great. All right, yeah, let's see. This is what could happen. We could have a Hawkeye movie, guys. So, or a Ronin movie. Be, be, keep, keep, keep that guard up. Keep the guard up. I mean, it's like I don't think they're going to disappoint us. No, he's not because there's a Hawk. There's a Hawkeye Disney Plus series that they've already announced. Oh, dude, and you know what? Let's talk about it. We talked about it before we start recording. Marvel or Wanda Vision? That's the best name you can come up with for, for for the Scarlet Witch Vision series. Wanda Vision? You guys ain't even trying, man. You try these records going to be like you can't do that in Wakanda. I mean, it's Jesus. Wow. I will just say this. Uh, who's what's the name of the? It's Elizabeth Olsen, right? Yeah, not crazy uh, Olsen sister. No, the, the the one not crazy one. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I'm excited about this is because apparently she did a, a, a Facebook series uh, called "Sorry for Your Loss," which is really really good. Um, I, I want to check it out, but it's ten episodes on Facebook. Watch and everyone I've seen that has watched it has been obsessed with it and said that she is fantastic. So if we get a little bit more of her, like on the small screen where she can act and like do a little bit more than just like wave her fingers, like I'm all for it. So yeah. WandaVision get excited. 
Uh, you know what I'd rather have? I'd rather have a Scarlet Witch movie over a Black Widow movie over a Captain Marvel 2. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I'd rather have a Scarlet Witch movie, which leads us into House of M when the X-Men are coming five fucking years from now. I mean, that could still happen. Uh, Feige said that uh, after Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm guessing there's some big event that happens in, or not Homecoming, sorry, Far From Home. Uh, some big event, I guess, is going to happen on that because they're going to unveil the next phase of Marvel movies. And he says it's like a five-year plan and there's no X-Men in that. So I was like, that's ballsy. But, you know, they, they've, he's proven they've got no problem taking their time. So I wish he had been a more on the noise and set, more on the nose and said a four-year plan. Uh, uh. I see where you're going with this. All right, guys, we'll talk at you on our, uh, our, our I guess, our in-game preview. Our in-game previews. I'll come up with some fancy name, even though I probably won't. I'll probably just call it the in-game preview special because everybody knows that is you know but we're, we're in the end game now tony you excited yes you're excited I'm not tony stark no you can't give me that no uh, that's right all right i, I can't think of anything <laughs> show with, so i'll have to throw it at the beginning of, of end game we'll do it then so thanks guys we'll talk at you then Okay, geeks, thanks for listening to the show. Now, if you didn't get enough geek material to help you through the week, you can always hop on the TARDIS here and check out the archives on the homepage, Facebook, YouTube, or iTunes. Also, take a moment, subscribe on iTunes, and leave a star rating if you get a second, as it helps others to find the show. To find us, just simply open iTunes and search for Geek Media Core. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. The home account is at GMC Podcast. Mike is at Zep1978. And Danny is at DC underscore 612. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk at you next week.